Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Van Maren Show. My name is Jonathan Van Maren, and today I'm going to be talking to a guest who is familiar to many of you. He is my friend Mark Harrington of the Ohio-based organization Created Equal. Created Equal is a grassroots, on-the-ground organization fighting abortion, not only in Ohio, but across the United States. I was actually just in Columbus, Ohio, to speak to their internship, which was a real privilege. I got to spend some time uh, with both Mark and his colleague Seth Dreyer talking about pro-life strategy because the organization uh, that they run and the organization I serve as communications director have a lot of similarities. And so that was uh, it was a really enjoyable time. But of course, Ohio right now is kind of the epicenter of the American abortion war uh, coming off of a number of referendums in different states. Uh, there's just recently been a loss in Ohio, and we're heading into November where there's an incredibly important referendum that everybody should be paying attention to. And so to discuss that, to give you all the details, to tell you what you can do, uh, here is Mark Harrington of Created Equal. All right, Mark, I just to start off, let's talk about what just happened in Ohio earlier this month, because a lot of pro-lifers weren't really paying attention uh, to this issue as an abortion related issue uh, until the victory for the abortion activists came. And suddenly the mainstream media was talking about this as a victory for their side. So what, what actually happened? Back in May, we passed HJR2 in our uh, in our legislature here in Ohio to put on ballot a measure that would raise the threshold to 60 percent to amend the Ohio Constitution. And that was done uh, basically to try to do an end run around the pro-abortion activists who are putting a, a an, an initiative on the ballot to enshrine abortion up to the very moment of birth. So currently in the state of Ohio, the law is 50 percent plus one vote to amend our Constitution. We're one of 10 states that allow for that. And so we were trying to raise the threshold to 60 percent and uh, we failed. I mean, we went down to 57 to, uh, to, to 43 and that failure was, in your view, due to what? Was this voter turnout? Was this the fact that a lot of pro-lifers didn't care enough to come out? Or were you beaten fair and square? Well, there's several factors. First of all, it's harder to pass a, a constitutional amendment. When you're on the yes side, you're changing the status quo. Generally speaking, voters uh, are loath to do that. Uh, so, you know, we had a, a higher burden there. Uh, the other thing is that I just don't think Ohioans bought the idea that there was a big enough problem and that our solution was was the proper solution. So I think it, we were we were persuadable, actually. I mean, that's basically borne out in the votes. So there were other things. I don't think the uh, the GOP, the Republican Party came uh, you know, and came with enough money and effort to to push this over the finish line. And I, I just think the vote, the messaging we lost on the messaging. The other side basically uh, made this an issue of voter rights, that we would be taking away the individual right to vote, which, of course, is, is a, an ideal of the American way of life. And so we painted it as an issue of the threat to the to, to the Ohio Constitution. And again, I just think we lost on the messaging. 
So I remember a, b- a bunch of ads coming out during this campaign where um, the abortion activists were essentially saying the Republicans want to pretend this isn't about abortion in public, but when they're in private talking to their donors, they admit this is all about abortion. And you and I have talked about this before, but I'd like to talk about it again because I wonder if hiding our obvious motivations is the right political solution. Like, would it not be wiser when everybody knows that this is about abortion to openly defend that very defensible position? Or do you think that there are political considerations that mitigate what approach we take? I think it's and both. But when the other side said this is about abortion and we say it's not, that's not a winning message. <laughs> you know, we need to deal with the issue of abortion and we need to deal with it straight up. We need to feel confident in our argument that it's persuasive And I think that we've been running from the abortion issue ever since the overturning of Roe versus Wade because we see it as a losing political issue. I don't believe that. I think that we take the case to the American people or either here in in, in the state of Ohio, we can win on that. But uh, we weren't willing to go there. And I think that will be if we're we're, going to do that in November, I can tell you we will lose in Ohio uh, because it can't be just about peripheral issues. You may win on the margins, but when you've got to move the electorate, in this case, uh, you know, approximately about eight percentage points, it has to be more than just that. And I think we can win on abortion if we make it about painful late-term abortions, where clearly Americans are against that, a majority of them, about 70 percent, do not want that. And so we can at least go there, and I hope that we do that in the coming weeks and months leading up to the November vote here in Ohio. And that's not a disingenuous tactic, because what the Ohio abortion activists are trying to do is they're not just going for a repeal of a, of, of a heartbeat ban or abortion legal in the first trimester. They're going beyond what Roe mandated and insisting that Ohio becomes New York or California. Is that correct? That's exactly right. <clears throat> the language in the, in the November ballot measure is purposely ambiguous and vague. Uh, it talks about individuals, not uh, women. And so we believe that that opens the door to wiping out any parental rights when it comes to abortion, or for that matter, maybe even gender reassignment surgeries. Uh, we They talk about viability, but we know what that means. That's really in the up to the eye of the beholder. In this case, it's the abortionist who will decide what's a viable pregnancy between himself and, uh, and, the, and the woman, the parent. And so we just believe that this is a one-size-fits-all. It, it removes all debate, enshrines us in the Constitution, and once that's done, you know how very difficult that is to reverse. So we think these types of issues should be dealt with the legislature because they're policy questions. They should be kept out of a a state constitution, and that's going to be our argument going forward. And so we we got a few months between now and November. You said you've got eight points to make up. Um, Do you think that this this result gives them momentum or the issues – disconnected enough that they don't necessarily impact each other? Because if if people were sold on the idea that this was a voting rights issue and that's the argument they bought, that doesn't necessarily indicate their support for New York-style abortion policies. Exactly. (laughs) I think we can take some lessons learned here. Uh, Obviously, it was in part, in large part, about abortion. So I think the numbers are about 55 percent. If you look at the internal polling right now, if the vote were held today, we would probably lose. 
But keep in mind, we are on the no side this time. And we're trying to convince people to stay with the, the status quo that has served our state well over the last several decades uh, with, with abortion policy that I think most Ohioans agree with. And so we'll be on the no side. I think that will account for a couple of points. I think our messaging will be more crisp and it will be right on the abortion issue. We need to make about painful late-term abortions and, and parental rights. I think the messaging with issue one and the special election, again, was I think we just had a losing message. I think we can have a winning message. And uh, I think if we get out early ahead of this thing, because I think we were behind the eight ball with the uh, special election and we get people to vote early uh, and we get out with our messaging early, we can we can shave off, you know, six, eight, nine points and win this thing. So that's that's how we're approaching it. What does the uh, coalition look like heading into this referendum? Well, it's pretty solid. Uh, everybody's in. I mean, every pro-life organization, right to life chapter uh, is all in. And we're being supported in part, in large part, financially by the Susan B. Anthony group, Pro-Choice or Pro-Life America. Uh, and so uh, we're, we're good. I mean, we're, we're they've committed to raise $25 million. That's a, that's a good chunk of change, and that's going to help us. But we won't win the money battle. I think we all know that. But we can win the the grassroots uh, activist battle. And I think if we motivate and activate our voters, because this is a base election, we can win. I think the church stayed home in part on the special election, because when you're talking about raising the threshold of 60 percent to amend the Ohio Constitution, that just doesn't resonate as much as, say, we are going to now enshrine late-term, painful late-term abortions up to the very moment of birth and have it paid for by tax dollars. I think that the pulpits will be able to get behind that one, whereas I think they were hesitant to get behind the 60% threshold because they couldn't see it as a clear black and white moral issue. And that's why maybe the turnout wasn't so good with the churches. But I think that'll be different when it comes to the November election. So let's talk about Ohio for a minute, because um, those who follow your podcast and mine will know, of course, that direct democracy initiatives come with inherently built in challenges for the pro-life movement. And I think we saw those unfold um, it, like Michigan was a good microcosm. You saw the pro-lifers get outspent by more than 20 to one. Um, you know, the abortion activists from Planned Parenthood to NARAL had been stockpiling cash for this moment, I, I suspect, since they realized the court was stacked. Um, they've already got a lot of money anyways. And then they started relentlessly pounding a couple of very simple messages, which is that if, you know, if abortion is banned, then women will die, which is the messaging that they tried in, in Ireland to great success with Savita Halepanavar. It's the messaging they just tried with and failed in Malta. And I know they're very stunned that this failed because this is the exact strategy that worked in Ireland. It's a strategy that they used in Argentina and that they're currently using in three or four Latin American countries as well. So they have a very tried and true tactic where they say women will die, they produce a body. Um, in certain countries, they've, they've literally been known to trawl hospital rooms looking for, for a victim that they can use to claim um, um, means that abortion should be legal. And it's a very potent message. It's very smart. I can see what they're doing. I can see why they're doing what they're doing, right? Just like we try to draw attention to the victims 
victims of abortion. They try to invent a victim of their own so that they can insist that abortion uh, is is necessary. So there's built in in challenges here. But Michigan was always a, a, a purple state, right? It kind of you know whiplashes back and forth between Republican and and and, and Democrat. Um, how the state that recently had a, a, a Republican governor can elect Gretchen Whitmer a couple of times is beyond me. Um, and so that was always a touch and go race. What does the situation on the ground look like with Ohio? It's traditionally been known as a swing state, but where does it land on the abortion issue? Yeah, so I, I, Ohio is a reliably red state now. I mean, Donald Trump carried the state in uh, in 2016 and 2020 by eight points. Our legislature is Republican. The governor's office is held by a Republican, Mike DeWine, who is outspokenly pro-life and has been out front messaging on the November uh, the, the November ballot initiative. So I think we have some things going for us politically that weren't there uh, in Michigan. Uh, we also have uh, the time. We've been at this now for almost a year, frankly. I mean, we knew this was coming. So we've been, you know, building the coalition. We hit the ground early in March. We were defeated in, in you know, last week. But up until then, we've been uh, working very hard to get our message out. So we're ahead of the game where we weren't in Michigan. And then I think uh, hopefully the pro-life movement is waking up to the notion that if we don't win Ohio, we're in trouble. We're 0 for 6 now when it comes to constitutional amendments. And we've got to get our act together and, and make this a national referendum on abortion in that if it if we can defeat it here, we can get our Normandy Beach. We can have our beachhead to which where we can take this message across the country. But if we lose here, the reverse is true. The other side will have, a, a you know, their crown jewel, which would be Ohio. And so really a lot rides on Ohio. And that's why I'm beating the drum and shouting from the rooftops that people need to come to Ohio because as Ohio goes, so goes the nation. And so I'm exhorting people to contact us and come to Ohio between now and November 7th, because we've got to we've got to win here. We've got to you know, this has got to be that place where we say no more. When you look at the number of things going on each election cycle now with the abortion movement, um, and I know you've talked about this quite extensively, that the pro-life movement needs a national strategy. Are you suggesting that what goes down in Ohio, if the pro-life movement really does get it together, and you've talked about all the number of groups that are committed, there's some disagreements on strategy, but the commitment is there across the board, that this can also be a blueprint for the rest of the country for our side? Exactly. I, I try to, you know, make this like a land war. If we were to say, you know, Europe, you know, when the, the allies regrouped in Britain and then landed on Normandy and then took France and, and reclaimed the European continent is similar here. We have to have this victory. We've got to set this, you know, this the standard uh, and win in Ohio. If we can win in Ohio, we can take it elsewhere. Uh, there is there is unity behind the effort, but we need national organizations to say we are committing all of our resources between now and November 7th in Ohio. Uh, unlike, you know, a land war where you have a general that's in control of all the the, the troops and the army, and, you know, there's that that central decision making. We don't have that in the pro-life movement. We're very diverse. And, and that's a good thing in many respects. But we've got to come together and work together to defeat this 
And so I'm asking people to to jump in and get on board uh, and work together. And I think if we can do that, we're going to win. That's an interesting point because the pro-life movement is very diverse, many different organizations, many different strategies, but the entire abortion movement is completely behind a single goal of abortion on demand throughout all nine months paid for by the government. Exactly. You know, we were focused on overturning Roe versus Wade. And so we worked at that for almost what was almost 50 years. We got what we asked for finally, but we were caught flat footed. We weren't prepared for this state by state battle. And now it's here. And frankly, we've been celebrating Roe too long, <laughs> the overturning of Roe too long. And the other side was ready to go on day one. I mean, they've been at this and then they claimed Michigan and now they're after Ohio. So we're playing a little bit of catch up, but I think we're waking up to the notion that we've got to have that victory, that beachhead, I call it, like Normandy Beach, where we land, we take this ground back and we tell the other side no more. And we launch from there into other states where we can win. That's the battle that's ahead of us. It's a state by state battle for now until we have some type of federal remedy. But in the short term, we're on defense and we've got to beat back the other side. And Ohio is it's for all the marbles here, Jonathan. I mean, really, it is. Uh, That's not hyperbole. I've been telling people this for months uh, that that everything rides on Ohio. It's a swing state. You know, it's always been. You know, presidentially, you don't win the White House unless you win Ohio. And so that's why they focused on Ohio. That's why they're here. They think they can win Ohio, and that's going to send a signal across the country, and we better wake up to that fact. And so, so far, we've got a lot of buy-in and a a strong coalition. There's good, uh, like I say, the SBA organization is behind us financially. Uh, So we're in good position to, to win this thing, but we need everybody to throw in. So let's talk about the ground game for a minute, because you mentioned focusing on 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 painful late term abortions, which is precisely how the uh, if you read uh, Marjorie Dannenfelser's book, Life is Winning, and any pro-lifer who is interested in how the political strategy in the U.S. unfolded should definitely read that book. It's really interesting. And sh- she describes how uh, in the 90s, after Operation Rescue, after that sort of initial spate of anti-abortion violence and the political movement was looking for a really winning message, especially in the Clinton years when they weren't going to get any legislation, uh, that was what they landed on was like, let's talk about something that almost all Americans hate and makes the abortion activists look ghoulish when they defend. And she has this description, actually, of, of Bill Clinton being livid that he has to veto this thing because it makes him look bad. Um, and then yeah. SBA replicated that strategy later on with the um, fetal pain bans, which, again, are kind of a lose-lose again for abortion activists because if they say, we don't really care that the baby feels pain, they look awful. If they insist, well, the baby doesn't feel pain at 14, 15, you know, even 20 weeks, it feels pain later, we can ask them, well, why do you support abortions then? Right. Because they support abortion until birth. So when the discussion is on the barbarism, the gruesomeness, the painfulness of abortions, there isn't really a good response the abortion activists can come up with. Um, And so what's the what's the ground game going to look like? SBA has kind of set the template in the past. Direct democracy initiatives are a different animal. Um, How is everybody how is everything going to move forward between now and November? Well, our governor did it best the other day in a press conference when he said this is a radical, uh, extreme measure. And then he talked about painful late-term abortions and uh, wiping out 
parental rights. And I think that that's the message. Uh, six out of 10 Amer uh, Ohioans believe that uh, late-term abortion should be outlawed. Uh, that's an advantage. We need to press that advantage. Uh, we need to show the victims. And that's what Created Equal does. Of course, you know that. But also, we need to create ads that show the second victim. That is, let, let's talk about women and men that have survived late-term abortions. We have them out there, and we're going to create ads that have them on these these TV ads showing you know limbs that have been lost and this type of thing. That's how you win. And so we believe that's the way forward uh, in making it about that, where we have a strong majority of Ohioans that agree with us. We don't want to become a destination state for late-term abortionists, period. I know that. And Ohioans are not there. And that's where I think we can win some votes back and, and get this thing under 50 percent, because that's all we need to do. We don't have to make this, you know, we don't have to win everybody on abortion. We just need to get this under 50 percent and survive the day so we can take it next year and, and solidify our wins in the legislature. Because right now, the Ohio heartbeat bill is being held up by the Ohio Supreme Court. If we win in November, it's highly likely that'll go right into effect. And then we've got a strong, strong anti-abortion law in effect and being enforced in the state. So there's one one thing I'd wanted to mention, because one, when you say like we're, you know, we're 0 for 6, we've got Ohio coming up um, and Ohio is a really big deal. And it definitely is, because, again, Michigan was a purple state. Uh, the Kentucky result was kind of a neutral result in some ways because pro-lifers were pushing for a gain and just didn't get it. Montana is a weird result that I can't claim to fully understand. Um, that was just sort of strange. But Ohio, it's really because of 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 the 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 way that Ohio is sort of a hinge. It's really important also that pro-lifers learn lessons from the previous referendums. And I have to admit, one of the things that I've been frustrated by, and I wrote a, I wrote a whole column about this for First Thing. Um, is there, there's, there's a couple of groups in Michigan who were part of the original effort last November who, instead of recognizing that one of the key reasons they lost was that the messaging didn't resonate, is to even further um, commit to not talking about the issue they lost on, which is abortion. Um, like Michigan's messaging was too confusing, too extreme. Um, I knew what the the issue was about, but watching their ads, it was very difficult for me to determine what they were actually trying to tell me, what they actually wanted me to specifically vote on. Um, the messaging itself was frankly too confusing, too extreme, because the messaging was over against. Well, you know, the other side was saying women will die if you vote the wrong way, and we're saying that's too confusing. Like that was that was an utterly uncompelling message that was focus grouped in a way that didn't actually reveal where people were standing and which way they would vote. But the, in response, I thought, okay, now after this referendum, everybody's going to do a postmortem. They're going to realize what worked and what didn't. That's what they did in Ireland. Um, the Irish groups that I work with afterwards, they did an extensive, like year-long postmortem of where they lost and where they won. Some of them said we should have used more abortion victim photography. We could have done a little bit better here, right? And and, and it was a really incredibly productive way of, of analyzing what had gone wrong and what could be changed. But there's some groups in Michigan that have just frankly not not um, reached the, the, the right conclusions. I, I'm incredibly frustrated by it because it's in defiance of all the evidence. How do you make sure that doesn't happen in Ohio? Well, I've been speaking up in our coalition meetings. I, I'm one of the few that I keep reminding everybody 
that this is about abortion. Everybody knows it is. And it's disingenuous for us to not make it about that because the public thinks we're lying if we do. So let's make it about abortion and let's go to town on this thing. Let's go toe to toe with them, show them abortion victim photography, show them uh, women and men that have survived abortion attempts and make it about that. Right. I mean, that's that's how we win. We can win there. We can win because we're on the no side. We can win because we get out early and we get our base out and we can win on messaging. Those are the three things. If you combine them together, we can prevail here in Ohio where we lost in Michigan. So unfortunately, we are repeating some of the same mistakes. But there are people like myself in the coalition that are outspokenly, you know, talking about this. And we're going to do our part, regardless of the coalition. We're going to run late-term abortion ads ourselves as created equal. And I, I believe that the uh, the Susan B. Anthony is going to do the same eventually. But if they don't, we're going to. And we're going to make this about abortion because the other side is. And I think we can win on that issue, especially when it comes to late, late-term abortion. Well, it's interesting because I, I call this the SBA-less strategy. Uh, most of, like, the way that this was used as a wedge issue, I got that all from from Dannenfelser's fascinating autobiography. And there's another uh, another uh, really important thing to analyze. Like one of, the, one of the things we have to do looking forward is we have to look at the past of the pro-life movement, what has worked and what hasn't. And uh, Marvin Alasky's newest book, um, The Story of Abortion in America, which came out in January, um, which is sort of a, a grand extension of his book, uh, Abortion Rights, A Social History of Abortion in America, which I know pretty much every pro-life leader read back in the day. But he talks about how um, the American public started to recoil from abortion um, because the pro-life movement combated the Clinton language of safe, legal and rare, which was an incredibly clever framing. Um, but by by revealing the details of uh, of the of the late term abortions and and Alaski describes that moment where I think it was uh, was um, um, like Brenda Schaefer I think her name was um, you might remember the woman who testified. Um, the details of that horrifying late-term abortion of the baby being delivered almost all the way, the scissors being stuck in the back of the head, the arms sort of involuntarily jerking um, um, as, as as the child died. And he says that testimony is basically what, what, what resulted in the partial birth abortion ban that was signed by President Bush and defended by the Supreme Court. And so I look at, I look at what has worked for the political arm of the movement in the past and say, why would we come up with a brand new untested strategy and where it's tested, like in Michigan, it's lost, as opposed to going back to what's already worked. <laughs> you know, I can't argue with that, honestly. I mean, that's why we're running the late-term abortion ads here in Ohio. That's why we'll get survivors of abortion talking about how they they were affected and they, they're, they're living with disabilities and impairments because of their the attempt on their lives by an abortionist. I think that's persuasive. And so, again, we have a coalition, so we got to stay together. But if we don't make it about abortion, we're going to lose, period, the end. It's over, right? We all get it. If we just make it about parental rights, that's not enough to move the needle. It's just not. This isn't, you know, 10 years ago, two decades ago, I think that might have been more persuasive than it is today. But with the breakup of the American family, uh, you know, the, the focus on, uh, you know, children and how they should have the rights that, that adults have. I think that's eroded that uh, that 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 issue for us. But I, I think it's still polling wise. I mean, it polls fairly well, 
but it's not going to move us six and eight points. It may move us two points. Uh, being on the no side might move us two points. You know, we've got to find things that move us one, two, three points. And I think late term abortion does that. If we do it right, we message it right. And I think we can. Well, I, I think that one of the important things to recognize when it comes to messaging is, is, is our messaging going to compete with theirs? And so parental rights, which is, mm-hmm. is pretty vague. It means different things to different people, right? And like, yeah. especially in the context of the LGBT movement, parental rights is a totally different meaning. Um, the pro like pro life, pro lifers and pro choicers, everybody uses the phrase somewhat differently. So it's too ambiguous to really punch. But then if, if you got a choice between women will die or parental rights, which one are you going to pick? Right. Or if it's women will die, but, but, you know, but babies are getting tortured to death in the womb. Right. That's an entirely different fight. Completely agree. Completely agree. We've got to be able to respond to that message that women are going to die. Uh, I think that the the Michigan uh, coalition didn't do that. And uh, I fear that that might happen here in Ohio. But we're up and, you know, we're talking about it. And when it does happen, we'll be there with a uh, hopefully a message that counteracts it. But. You know, it is a coalition and it's hard to work with them. You know what I mean? And we've got to keep people together. We are all doing our individual things in our individual cities and getting out the vote. And it really comes down to the base. If we can get the base out the vote, we win. This is a base election. And if we can get the churches to engage and get out and vote and vote early, we can prevail in Ohio. And that's really we don't have to win the debate on abortion. Uh, you know, we don't have time for that right now. You know, we know where the American people stand on that currently. All we have to do is move them two points here, three points there, one point here, get them under that 50 percent threshold. And we live to fight another day. We just got to win in Ohio. That's the bottom line. We just have to do everything possible to get this thing under 50 percent on November 7th. Final question. A lot of pro-lifers uh, from across the states listen to this podcast. What can they do to help uh, come November and before then, most importantly? Well, they can contact Created Equal at createdequal.org. We'll put them in the game. Door-to-door campaigns are starting soon. We'll set you up. We'll say, hey, if you, you know, we'll give you a few dates. Come to Ohio and go door-to-door. You can contact the Susan B. Anthony group that's also doing that. They're actually paying people to canvas, uh, you know, these deployments. So SBA is another place to go if you want to come and and spend a longer period of time and actually get paid to do it. Uh, We need uh, phone bank. And people can do that anywhere in the country. They can make phone calls. Uh, So we're doing phone banking. Of course, Created Equal is going to be focused with public activism, showing the victims of abortion. We're going to be doing that. We're using our airplane tow banners, our mobile LED uh, screens in, in, you know, major metropolitan areas, overpass displays. I mean, you name it, we're going to do it. We'll be out in force. We're going to be tripling our efforts here in the next several months to make abortion real to every single Ohio voter. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure, Jonathan. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my conversation with Mark Harrington of Created Equal. Thank you so much for joining the show this week. You can head over to lightsidenews.com, click on the podcast tab. There you can subscribe to us wherever you get your shows. Thank you so much for joining us this week, and we hope you'll join us again next week.